Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. Our motto, keep it real. What's up, y'all, and welcome to part two of our Health in College slash Young Adulthood series. In this episode, I'm going solo to talk all about the topic of nutrition, which is so incredibly important. I've spent so much time compiling tons of research for you in order to deliver some really actionable tools and insights in this episode. And I've also talked to a collection of college students that I know, including your very own Nikhil Nambury, about what it's really like to be a young adult, especially at college where you're not necessarily the one making your food all the time. Maybe you're going to a campus dining hall or going to different um, you know, convenience stores on campus. You're trying to make do on a college diet. I totally get it. So um, this episode, the goal here is to give you knowledge in order to make tools that will allow you to eat food that actually fuels your academic success, um, but to also give you real tips and hacks and tricks that are realistic to what it's to what it's really like to be a young adult trying to enjoy all of the experiences that that college and life has to offer without compromising our health. Um, so first of all, why is nutrition important? Well, the research shows that no matter your workout regimen, exercise really cannot outwork a bad diet. According to WebMD, um, Nutrition actually accounts for 75% of body composition with exercise only accounting for 25%. So that's that's pretty crazy. Like we're, we're programmed to think that exercise is the key to having a physically healthy body. But what we find is that nutrition is actually incredibly and probably way more important when it comes not only to our physical health, but also to our mental health. In this episode, we're not focusing on those metrics like your 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 you know, your physical appearance or your body weight, because nutrition really does affect us as, as students and as young people. The reality is that your cognitive performance, your stress level, your mood are all a reflection of your hormones. And what controls hormones? Well, it's the food that we eat. So I'm going to go a little bit more into that. But what we really want to do is recognize that no matter what your background is, you know, how you were raised to eat, what kinds of foods you enjoy, what kinds of foods you dislike. What we all want is we all want to feel good physically and mentally. We all want to have great energy throughout the day. It might seem normal to want to fall asleep in the middle of your 8 a.m. class, but I can tell you that with some little tweaks to the way that you're eating, you'll feel so much more energized going into your classes throughout the day, and you'll actually be able to perform better as a student. If you go back to our last episode on sleep, according to Purdue University, students who go to the gym and who have a healthy, well-rounded nutritional diet, they actually get better grades. So if you are somebody who cares about that, who cares about performing better in school, in work, and in life, then this episode is for you. Um, we all want to understand what foods will boost our energy when we need it most, and we don't want to have to restrict. Um, you know, I can I can speak from personal experience that as someone who is really, you know, just naturally interested in, in health and fitness and wellness, um, there's a tipping point where it can become, you know, overboard. 
especially as young people, we don't want to be worrying about everything, everything that we eat. We want to be able to enjoy college parties and, you know, celebrate and, and enjoy the food that's, that's there over the holidays and, and over different celebrations in college. So, um, and I think that's re the reality after college as well. So the goal is not to, not to restrict, but to have the knowledge and the tools in order to start making food choices that actually help us to be a better student. So let's talk really quickly about this. How does it work? Well, when we talk about your mood, your ability to focus, your energy level, so your energy level in the class, you know, your energy level at night when you're, when you're cramming through your final studying or working on that paper, it's all a reflection of the hormones that are pumping through your body. Think serotonin, cortisol, adrenaline, all these, you know, the, we've all heard these words, right? And what influences these hormones? Well, it really is our nutrition. It's, it's, it's our nutrition that affects our blood sugar and basically turns those hormones on and off. And the reality is, is that if we're eating foods that, that kind of, you know, cause a lot of, wreak a lot of havoc on our hormonal system, think, you know, food diets that are high in caffeine, high in sugar, high in simple carbohydrates that don't have a lot of nutritional value. If we're not getting enough protein and healthy fats, if we're not getting enough sleep, again, go back to the last episode, you're simply not going to feel good physically and mentally. And we know that that doesn't help us to be able to perform well in life. So what foods should we eat in order to be fully energized throughout the day in order to just totally crush it in school? Well, the reality is that there is no perfect diet. You can do so much research, research on you know, what it means to have a quote, balanced diet. Um, if you should be vegetarian, vegan, paleo, gluten-free, heck, there's even carnivorous diets of only meat. Anyways, um, so if you're interested in all that, go for it. There's new research coming out all the time and we totally do not know any, everything. But what we do know is that foods that are high in simple carbohydrates that are lacking nutritional value and micronutrients, foods that are high in sugars, even super starchy fruits and vegetables can lead to peaks and crashes in our blood sugar, which translate into drowsiness, anxiety, more cravings later on in the day, and not to mention weight gain. That just happens as a byproduct of that. Um, what we do know is that a diet that has you know high fiber, high protein, and high quality fats in it help you to stay full longer and help you to feel more naturally and sustainably energized throughout the day. We should be striving for a diet that is high in all of those things, that's high in healthy fats like monounsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, and high quality carbohydrates such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes if that fits into your diet as well. Um, we know that we should be eating whole vegetables and fruits and a lot more than the average American diet um, you know, typically tends to reflect. We want to be striving for 75% of our diet being whole vegetables and fruits. Um, we want to be opting for whole grain carbohydrates, non-dairy yogurt or milk, legumes, nuts, seafood, poultry um, for our protein and our fat um, instead of you know, packaged things that we can easily pick up at the store um, that just really aren't good for our overall health. Um, but the reality is that college meal plans make healthy eating very accessible if we know if we know how to use the system right, but it also makes it very hard. And, and why is that? Well, it's because there's such a huge variety of food. I was talking to Nikhil and he was just describing his campus dining hall and how you can pretty much get any kind of food that you would ever want at any meal, whether it's a salad, pizza, pancakes and waffles, you name it. Like 
amazing food everywhere, which is awesome. Um, but it makes it very difficult to stop and say, okay, like what does my body really need right now? Does it need a slice of pizza to celebrate that finals are over? Or do I really need like a great big salad with some chicken or some tofu and some fruit on the side? Like, do I just need to really fuel my body with some great food that's going to get me through this day and get me through this week and make me feel at my best? On top of that, you're not the one making the food. So you don't really know what's in it. The reality is that a lot of the foods that are placed in those in those campus dining halls are, are highly processed. They're high in trans fat and excessive saturated fat, high in sugar, high in salt, sodium, um, and high in carbohydrates, low in nutrients, microvitamins, protein, antioxidants. Um, and it's so much easier, especially, you know, when we're stressed out over school or anything like that, your body, you know, starts to, it's easier to crave, you know, juices, breads, sweets, chips, sodas, things that will ultimately crash your energy and, and it creates this kind of vicious cycle. So now we need to come back. What, what do we want again? So after we kind of taken this, you know, look at, at what the landscape is really like, what we ultimately want was we want to feel good physically and mentally. We want to have great energy throughout the day. And we want to be making food choices that empower us to feel that good all the time, but also without restricting and, and not being able to partake in, in certain experiences in college and in life simply because we're trying to eat healthy. That becomes overly excessive, right? So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you seven steps to start fueling your body with food toward greater academic and personal success. It's as straightforward as that, all right? So let's go ahead and jump right in. Tip number one is to start strong. Start the day strong. And that means with a high quality breakfast if you're hungry. Um, you know, especially, we, you know, we talked about those campus dining halls. I've been in several of them. And oh my goodness, if I could have pancakes and syrup and waffles and fruit every single morning, I would love it. But the reality is that like we talked about those foods that are high in sugar and high in carbohydrates, they might taste really good and be really satisfying in the moment. But what happens is it ends up spiking your blood sugar and then it crashes back down. And then we wonder, why do I feel like I always need a nap in the afternoon? Why am I always falling asleep in my midday class? Why do I just feel unmotivated to, to you know, do my schoolwork or, or get to work on time or like, or, or show up for that, you know, show up for that relationship, be there for my friend when they need it most because I'm tired because I'm not feeling up for it. It may not just be the way that you feel naturally. It might be that you're just not fueling your body properly in the morning. So what would that, you know, really strong breakfast look like? Well, it would probably look like try some eggs, try an omelet, avocado toast if you love your bread, um, try a protein shake, Nutribullets and, you know, a few different types of fruit. Um, you know, you could get a, you can get a, a box of protein powder and keep those in your dorm. It makes it so easy, so quick, so accessible to make a protein shake in the morning and head off to your class if you like to eat in the morning. Um, if, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, well, protein powders are really expensive. That's true. Sometimes, you know, a protein powder can cost between $30 to $45, $50, depending on the quality of it. Um, but you're also getting several servings in there. And so it comes out to you maybe a dollar per shake. Um, and so if that's something that works well for you, that's something to consider. If not, you know, look around your dining hall for unsweetened yogurt, nut butter, fruit, something like that to fuel your morning. So start the day strong. It not only gives you more sustained energy throughout the day, but it'll help you to make healthier choices 
throughout the day as you go on to other meals as well. All right, number two is watch the time. So meal timing is actually pretty important. So I just talked about, you know, how tempting it is to start the day with that pancakes and waffles and syrup, you name it. Um, but we know that treats like that will spike and, and, and drop our blood sugar. So my recommendation is to save those treats for the end of the day. Um, so I was staying on a campus once and it was, it was, you know, once a week they would have like a cookies and milk night once a week. Like, oh my gosh, I love cookies so much. Chocolate chip cookies are my kryptonite. And so I thought that was awesome. Um, but save it for the end of the day. Enjoy that experience, but probably don't start your day or don't, you know, don't, don't have those things throughout the day. Um, unless you, unless you understand what the effect might be. So I would encourage you to save those treats for the end of the day before you're going to go to bed, just so you can, you know, really have that sustained level of energy throughout the day. Also in regards to watching the time is to try intermittent fasting. Now, if you haven't done any research on intermittent fasting before, I will go ahead and put a link um, in the description below along with all of the sources that I'm pulling this information from and additional uh, resources for you to follow up with and do your own research. So what is intermittent fasting? Well, intermittent fasting is basically not eating for a set amount of time. And that set amount of time is between 12 and 16 hours, including the time that you sleep. So that would mean, you know, let's say that you finish dinner at 8 p.m. Well, you're not going to eat breakfast until 8 a.m. the next morning. That would be a 12-hour fast. Now, if you push it until 12 p.m., that's a 16-hour fast. What we know is that the longer you push it toward that 16-hour fasting um, interval, we see huge, huge benefits from intermittent fasting. First off, it immediately drops your insulin level and promotes fat burning. It can reduce insulin resistance, um, something that's characteristic of type 2 diabetics, by 20 to 30%. So that risk is, it, you know, reduces your risk of type 2 diabetes over, over the long term. Um, it boosts human growth, growth hormone. It, uh, it supports cellular repair. It encourages that overnight. It increases your metabolic rate, which is basically the amount of calories and your body's ability to withdraw nutrients from the foods that you eat while you're at rest. It reduces oxidative stress and inflammation. So we talk about anxiety, we talk about um, depression, um, we talk about even things like ADHD and ADD, you know, uh, challenges with, with focus. Those, those things can actually be really supported by, by something like intermittent. Another cool fact is that intermittent fasting has been shown to really support your immune system as well. So especially in a college environment where you're sharing dorm rooms, you're sharing dining halls, you're sharing showers, everything like that. Um, it's really important, especially during final season, especially during the winter, to be sure that your immune system is fully supported. So for me, um, I, I don't usually like strictly intermittent fast, but especially over the weekends when I don't have to run off to work or run off to a workout first thing in the morning, I'll find that I naturally fast in the morning until 12 or 1. Um, and that's just because I'm not hungry. So, you know, the message in that is listen to your body. Your body is smart. Um, and, and, and just pay attention to that. It'll tell you when you need to eat, how much you need to eat. Um, so, so honor that. All right. Tip number three is to eat vegetables. And I know that not all of us were raised eating vegetables. I know that there are so many other foods that taste more delicious in the moment. Um, but truly vegetables are a great way to add more nutrients, more fiber and more volume. So literally size to any meal. Um, anytime you, so here, okay, here's some rules that I like to kind of input, you know, input in my own life just to make it really easy to get my vegetables in. So these might be helpful to you. One is say, you know, anytime I have meat 
or any sort of, you know, high protein, you know, that could be tofu for you, something like that. Anytime I have meat, lunch, dinner, I'm going to add a serving of vegetables or, or a large salad. Just make it a rule and just commit to it and see what happens. What you'll start to see is that your body actually starts to crave those foods. It starts to crave those vegetables because it supports your digestive system. Um, it, it makes you feel full longer. So there's so many benefits of that. I encourage you to try it for a week and really just start to witness the benefits. Another way to do this is, you know, if you're not used to eating vegetables at all, I would encourage you to start pick pick one or two meals, maybe lunch and dinner or just dinner, and say, you know, I'm going to fill up 30% of my plate with vegetables. Commit to it for a full week, seven days. Then the next week, bump that 30% up to 50%, then 60%, you know, and so then 70 per, the 75%, then maybe one day you're having, you know, a full salad for dinner. You know, it's totally up for you. Follow your cravings, follow what feels right that, that aligns with your, you know, your healthy nutritional awareness, um, but really start to work in more vegetables into your diet. All right, tip number, what number am I on now? Tip number four. All right, tip number four is to snack. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a snacker. Like, I love snacks. Um, but especially especially in college with those convenience stores around campus, even vending machines on some occasion, um, you know, maybe we're craving some salt, we're craving some sugar in the middle of the day. It's so easy to reach for that bag of chips or that bottle of apple juice or lemonade or something like that. Um, but like we talked about, those foods are so, so, so high in carbohydrates and sugar with no protein, no fiber, no real nutrients to sustain the, the effect of that energy. And so it might taste really good in the moment, but the snack that was supposed to curb our hunger actually leaves us feeling more hungry. How often have you had a bag of chips and then wanted to have like a full sandwich in the middle of the day? It happens to the best of us. So so here's what we want to do. Here's some tips for, for, for picking out some different snacks. Totally accessible. You can get this in any college campus. Number one is grab a protein or power bar. Um, now go into the store, look at their power bar section, and I want you to go ahead and pick one out and turn the label over. Read the nutritional label. If you look at the ingredients and you start to see ingredients that you can't pronounce or you don't recognize, I would encourage you to put it back and reach for a different one. Um, we want to be aiming for like 12 plus grams of protein per power bar. Um, but the re, you know what we also see is that a lot of these high protein bars, especially the ones that advertise it in great big letters, they end up putting a, a lot of processed and, and you know fake ingredients in there. So really, really healthy snacks that'll help you to feel full longer that will you know really really give you the kind of body response that you want. Healthy protein bars that are going to give you really, really sustained energy and just support a healthy diet. You're going to recognize the ingredients. We've all seen RX bars. Um, they have like dates, nuts. Um, what else do they have? Like a bit of flavoring in them, but pretty much like you know exactly what's in that bar. Um, and once you start eating like that, like I said, your body will start to crave it. Um, one of my favorite snacks is to have a banana with nut butter. Now, a banana on its own full of carbs and full of sugars. Even a healthy food like that can actually spike our blood sugar and bring it back down. But I find that if I have it with some nut butter, like it curbs my appetite perfectly. It's that good healthy fats. Fats are not bad for you. Um, and it's a great snack in the middle of the day. Another great snack is apples, maybe some apples and peanut butter, um, jerky. If you need a little bit of energy in the middle of the day, 
I love dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is a great way to go. So these are different, these are different snacks that you can start to incorporate. And I encourage you to like keep them in your backpack. The last thing you want to do is being be in the middle of a class and find that you're really hungry and all of a sudden you're thinking more about food than you are about the actual lecture or the actual project that you're working on. So don't be afraid to bring something to class. If your professors allow it, like go for it. I was always seen doing that and it and it really helped me to just make better choices throughout the day because then when lunch came around or dinner came around, I didn't feel like I needed to have a huge meal in order to feel satisfied because I, I didn't come like, you know, totally ravished, okay? All right, number five is to rethink your drink. Um, so rethinking your beverages, and I'm gonna throw sauces slash condiments in there, okay? So here's a stat that I'm gonna link below. The average American drinks 400 calories a day. 400. 400 that's like a lot that's so much like that's a full meal so what what kinds of drinks contribute that much to caloric intake well that's that's your juices that's your sodas um you know even if you enjoy going to a coffee shop and maybe getting that latte or that chai tea latte i know they're delicious i totally splurge sometimes but those things really do add up and I don't know about you, but when I have a drink and I finish that, I'm not full. Like, I still want a meal. So these are really easy ways to start consuming more calories than we need. It's not about cutting and restricting calories, but there's a certain amount that your body needs. And over that, it's just, it's just excess. We don't need it. So, so how do we start, you know, incorporating healthier drinks? Well, first of all, is just drink more water. A good rule to follow is to follow the eight by eight rule. So that's eight glasses of eight ounces of water per day or a half a gallon. If you're like me, you can carry around, you can carry around um, a water bottle like this. I probably go through three or four of these a day. Um, and you'll find that same thing. It gives you such sustained energy. Oftentimes when you feel hungry, the first thing to check is, am I actually dehydrated? Oftentimes we think we're hungry and we really just need some water in our system. So incorporate some more water. Also be mindful of caffeine. So some rules that I've made for myself recently is I limit myself to one cup of coffee in the morning. Sometimes I'll have two, but I really do just limit myself to one. And if that seems like a lot right now, if you're used to drinking three, four, five cups of coffee a day, use the same rule that we talked about with the with the vegetables is cut it back slowly you know if you're drinking five cups of coffee a day ugh, five cups of coffee per day bring it back to four then to three then to two then to one um, or whatever whatever you're really going for and what you'll find is that your body adjusts your body will adjust and if you're supporting it with good nutrition you will find that you don't need that fifth cup of coffee in order to make it through the day your body will recognize oh wait, I should not be expecting that fifth surge of energy and that fifth surge of caffeine in the middle of the day. So I'm going to provision my energy my energy throughout the day so that I don't need it. Your body is smart, trust me, okay? So it's the more that we, that we consume caffeine that our body becomes dependent on this, okay? Um, if, if I need to pick me up at the end of the day, like I said, dark chocolate, chocolate has caffeine in it. It's a healthier source of caffeine. And also green tea or black tea. Um, those are really good healthy sources of caffeine. Um, they have tons of nutrients in them. Um, really great for anti-inflammation and can reduce stress. So I would encourage you when, when you hit that 12 o'clock and after, you know, that afternoon period, opt for tea instead of coffee. All right. Um, and we can't talk, we can't talk about, you know, being mindful of what we drink without talking about alcohol. So alcohol is, you know, ever present in college. It's, it's, and it's something that, you know, if, 
if you enjoy going to parties and you enjoy drinking, you know, great, like do your thing, but do it wisely. So, you know, first hydrate and eat beforehand. Be sure that you're not uh, some, you know, I, I was reading this book, Kale and Cravings by uh, a recent Vanderbilt graduate, Sloan Elizabeth. I'll link it down below. And she talked about how some people tell her, well, I'm going to save my calories for the end of the day. I'm going to save my calories for, you know, the alcohol that I'm going to drink tonight. That's just a hangover being just waiting to happen. Like, please don't save your calories. Have a good meal before you go to that party. Um, and also follow the, the, the good rule of like, for every alcoholic drink that you drink, have a glass of water, okay? Be mindful, do your thing, okay? Um, you can swap chasers, so like different sugary chasers like soda for, for something else, maybe for an emergency. You can put an emergency in a cup and mix that up and take that as a chaser. Vitamin water zero, there are all these different options to, like we say, you know, reduce those 400 average calories that an American consumes through beverages per day. Um, Nikhil gave some tips as well, some strange combinations to prep for a night of heavy drinking. I'm not in college. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't have much experience with this at all. Um, he talks about straight lemon juice with ginger, burnt toast, fluids and electrolytes, spinach, tofu, and other high-protein options. So thank you, Nikhil, for those tips. We so appreciate it. Tip number five is to know what you love and honor your cravings. So I just mentioned earlier that I absolutely love chocolate chip cookies. Anybody who knows me, like... Mm, chocolate chip cookie cookies they are my thing next to chocolate I love chocolate I'm a chocolate girl so um know the things that you really enjoy and make them special okay so if you are a dessert person like go for it but maybe save it for the weekend maybe say you know what this is a really big week of studying I'm going to commit to this week of studying and this weekend I'm just going to relax I can't wait to make those brownies I can't wait to go out with my friends for ice cream like Go for it, but make it make it special. Um, you know, I I used to love having dessert every single night. My parents, you know, when I was growing up with my parents in high school, like they always had some sort of like ice cream or something in the fridge or in the freezer. And what I found was that if I was having something sweet every single night, like it lost it lost the novelty. It wasn't as special anymore. So now like I really enjoy making dessert special. Like I enjoy making chocolate chip cookies special. Um, and so know and honor your cravings and 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 don't don't ignore them it's not about restricting but especially in those campus dining halls when you can reach for a cookie or a slice of cake after every single meal like that can become just straight up unhealthy very very quickly um so so know that be mindful of that it's not about restricting and saying no i can't have that ever it's about saying you know what i can have that but i'm choosing to wait i'm choosing to fuel my body with healthier foods that are full of nutrition that will keep me full longer. And I'm going to enjoy that dessert, you know, at, at X time, I'm going to enjoy it with these people. I'm going to enjoy it on this occasion so that you're not saying no to those things, but you're, you're giving them space. You're giving them a purpose. Okay. And my last tip is to use your tools. One of the biggest blessings of being on a college campus that I can't wait to experience once I finish this gap year is that there are so many free resources on campus to help you support a healthy lifestyle. Many campuses have free dietitians and, and nutrition experts on campus. Um, you can even get personal training sometimes if you want to. Um, so use your tools. You can oftentimes look up, you know, the, the campus menu of, of all your campus dining halls so that you know what kind of food they're preparing for the week. You can even see the nutritional macronutrients um, and the breakdown of calories and things like that. So, 
you know, so if you want to understand that and just prepare for that, you can do that. Um, you can look at nutrition labels. I really encourage you to do this. Um, you don't have to be a science expert or a dietitian in order to look at uh, look at a nutrition label and decide, you know, hey, is this too much sugar for my body right now? Or, hey, do I recognize those ingredients? Nope, I do not. So I'm going to opt for something else. Um, we can all do that. I'm also going to put a link down below. Um, the National Agricultural Library, um, who would have guessed, has this whole page with tons of resources just for healthy eating on college. And they have so many different links, so many different guides, so many different like infographics that you can use that will really help you. Too much to pack into one episode, so I'm going to link that down below and I really encourage you to check it out. I'm also going to put some one of my favorite um, health podcasts down there, so for those of you who want to learn more about this topic in a really easy, digestible, pun intended way, um, then I encourage you to check out the Model Health Show um, and continue to do the research with the things that I link down below. Ultimately, like I said at the beginning of the episode, there is no perfect diet for everyone. Um, and I can speak to this from, from experience. Like I have tried so many different, um, different types of just, you know, approaches to nutrition. Um, I've tried paleo, I've tried vegetarian. Um, I, you know, I'm currently, I'm currently gluten-free. Um, I avoid pretty much all sugar, um, that isn't naturally based. Um, but I still love my chocolate chip cookies. I just made fudge this morning. Um, there's no perfect approach to nutrition and your body is totally different. If you want to really dial it in, go to your campus dietitian and ask to learn more. Um, but there's, there's a lot that we do know about what foods will support us as human beings and, and as students and as professionals. And so I hope that you found these tips really, really helpful. If you have any more, please comment them um, and, or send us, you know, send us a message through Instagram to let us know what you think. Um, and, I, and I really hope that you go forth and you experiment with all of this. The reality is that your body knows what it needs. Like I cannot tell you how you're meant to eat in order to optimize your life. But what you can do is you can experiment. You can experiment with the kind of breakfast that you have and how it makes you feel throughout the day. You can experiment with how many coffees or how many teas you're going to drink and, and how that impacts your ability to focus in class. Um, you can experiment with you know, all these different things and, and really decide what works best for you. So become a scientist. I think you'll have fun and it'll be even more exciting when you start to see the positive effects of all of these tips on your own life. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Real College Talk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.